The Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use the promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, active until the Eagles or Giants lose their next game. And make sure to enter our World Series Prop Contest. Winner gets $200 cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Meyer. And with me, as always, is my man, Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing fantastic here. A little bit of nervous energy as we are about uh, 27 hours away from the World Series Game 1 as we record here uh, Thursday Thursday evening here, Eastern Time. So it's been uh, an exciting run in October here so far in Philadelphia. We've had a few days off to uh, kind of calm down, calm before the storm. We, we kind of needed it, but... At this point here, I'm just raring to go, waiting for game one tomorrow night and to see if this Phillies team can can keep this going. Philadelphia is notorious for their sports fans. How crazy are you guys going to go if you guys win the whole thing? It's it's going to be absolutely insane. I, mean, I was I was 16 and 08 when they won, and I wasn't living in Philadelphia. So I went to the parade. It was absolutely bonkers. Uh the Eagles won, obviously. Uh, and it's Patriots there. That was that was crazy. I also wasn't living in Philly. This is my first uh, Philadelphia sports team in a championship when, while I'm living here because it's only been a few years. But I'm excited. Uh, every uh, when when they clinched it on Sunday, I went up to my rooftop on my apartment building. I was recording some videos. Everyone was just just honking. There was a bunch of cheering going on. I saw people like running to Broad Street because I'm pretty close to Broad Street. So. It's it, it's everyone you see like Philly's Philly's gear on Philly stuff in people's windows. I uh, walked by a school it had like p- kids made signs like like Philly's and stuff. So it's 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 really taken over the town here and it's it's what I needed and what Philadelphia needed to uh, distract us from the Flyers even though they are having <laughs> a good start. Uh, I have not had to have any Flyers rants on the Hockey Human podcast yet this season, but I'm sure they're coming and and for now. Honestly, I, I can't complain because the Phillies have gone above and beyond. They, you know, making the playoffs was good. Beating beating the Cardinals was like, okay, maybe we can do this. Got past the Braves. Uh, Padres took down the Dodgers. Like, okay, we can beat the Padres. We we can make it. And then coming up here is is the Astros, and that's that's a tough test because even if they're not cheating anymore, they have a com- <laughs> complete team there. I mean, Verlander, Valdez, they have three or four pitchers that they can just go deep with. Their bullpen's amazing. Their lineup's great. So it, they, they're they an amazing team, but I, I think this Phillies team has what it takes to get, to get it done. Everyone's hot at the right time. Bryce Harper's just completely on a mission to, to get this Phillies team. He keeps saying, we ain't losing, and they haven't lost at home yet. So I said this on the on the flagship show. If they can steal one in Houston, I think they can they can come back and uh, possibly close it out in five. But if they go down 0-2, it may be just kind of getting a pity home win and then losing in five or six. But you know what? We'll see. It's uh we still got plenty of time, plenty of baseball to play. So I'm excited for this weekend. I feel like Bryce Harper might still be bitter about the Nationals winning after he left. So he's like, shit, we made it. Like I need to win one now just so I can get that behind me. Because he has been playing like a man possessed this postseason and I absolutely love it. I remember when he came up, he was electric and everybody just continually talked about he needs to calm down. That type of attitude is not good for baseball. You're supposed to be humble. No, I don't want humble. I want people to enjoy the hell out of the game that they play for a living because it is a game and it should be fun. And he's having so much fun. So is that whole Phillies team. And I just – I put some real thought into it today. I think Phillies win in six. Ooh, I, I, I like that there. I, I, I can co-sign that. I mean, no no bias because you're on the show with me. I mean, actually, if you really think about it, it feels like there's a lot of bias from my end because 
It's the Astros. Don't like the Astros because they're in the Mariners division, and then you're on the pod with me. Mm-hmm. But if you put all of that aside, I legitimately think the Phillies can win. Uh, the Phillies absolutely destroy right-handed pitching, and the only left-handed pitcher that the Astros have brought through the entire playoff run is Valdez. And I'm pretty sure they are going to beat the hell out of you guys when you face Valdez in game two. But other than that, Verlander's hittable. A lot of people say their bullpen's not hittable this postseason, which has been true. But, I mean, it's it's so weird to say because the Phillies have played such harder teams than the Astros, even though the Astros played the Mariners. Love me some Mariners. But everybody knows they're a very hot and cold team, and they got cold at the wrong time. The Yankees aren't the Yankees team that they were early on, middle of the year. I just I don't see how they can beat. My brain's not working fast enough. I don't see how they can beat the damn <laughs> Phillies in this series. I just I I don't. It's going to be so much fun. Phillies hitters, they got the low Babips. Uh, I talked about that in the Discord. Speaking of the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Come join. It's free. You can talk to us about sports. Me and uh, Noah from the MLB Gambling Podcast were kind of talking back and forth about uh, Phillies Astros yesterday. And I just – the Phillies are getting unlucky and still – I think they've scored like 60 runs in the playoffs so far, which is nuts. So, yeah, I'm excited for some damn good baseball. I mean, yeah, I, I was at the uh, game on Saturday, game four, when the Phillies spotted them a, a 4 nothing lead, top of the first, and then Mike Clevenger couldn't last an out, and the Phillies came right back. So this this offense can can definitely go off. But And the Astros have not lost a game so far, and the only th- other times that happened was the Rockies. They lost in the World Series, and then I think someone else in the early 2010s, uh, uh, Sean mentioned it on the on the flagship show. But yeah. But going back to Bryce Harper, is is he being like under underrated here? Is he being underreported on? Because I feel like if this was Mike Trout, like finally getting his chance and, and stepping up big, like everyone would be rallying around him. Or if it was like someone like Fernando Tatis or or one of these young upcoming stars, they would be like, oh, look, look at this guy stepping up on the big stage. And you have Bryce Harper here batting what? Almost 500 in the playoffs, over 400. Just that home run swing of his life, just absolute craziness he's come up big pretty much whenever he's he's been called upon i i i don't know if it's just philadelphia bias and not seeing it out there but i i think it, it's just been completely underreported how clutch he's been and how huge he's been for this phillies team yeah i mean i think bryce harper might be arguably one of the most underrated players of all time i mean that's kind of a big claim but he's he doesn't get talked about nearly as much as she as he should he he's a generational player. He comes up big in big moments. He's electric to watch. And it, whether it's on offense or not defense necessarily this year because he played a whole lot of DH, but it, he never lets the moment get too big for him, which for somebody his age is impressive. He's won an MVP. He's done a lot of things. He needs this World Series, and it's. I think he's very underreported on because, like you said, if it was Mike Trout or somebody like that, it would be huge. If it was Otani, it would be huge. Mm-hmm. It's Bryce Harper. It should be just as huge. He sh- he should be talked about. I think he should be the most talked about person in the series, to be honest. But, yeah, I'm I'm ready to see him destroy this Astros team because he is so ready for this. And you can just tell. And it is going to be. So fun to watch him just annihilate them. Uh, I, I like what I'm hearing there. Yeah, I, I think I think <laughs> I, I mean baseball's baseball's a sport where if you have a star player, we've seen it with Trout with with the star players that you know what you can win as many, many MVPs as you want, but you need like the entire team around you to to win those championships, and that's what I think the Phillies have now with their one through four hitters getting hot. If Castellanos can kind of wake up a little bit. That'll be even more. And I think this is just hopefully just the beginning for the Phillies because Harper wasn't healthy all year. Segura wasn't healthy. Castellanos was 
garbage for most of the year. Reese Hoskins been up been up and down. Schwarber's batting low, but hitting a bunch of home runs. So I'm excited to see what this team can do even next year. Hopefully Harper can be healthy, play the field, and and see what they do with the uh, DH spot open up and and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean in the playoffs so far, where did I put it at? I had all these handy dandy stats that I looked up yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so far in the playoffs. Hoskins has a BABIP of 120, Schwarber 170, and Castellanos 272. All three of those are way below their career and season averages. Schwarber, or not Schwarber, Hoskins has a 120 BABIP and he's hit five home runs in the postseason this far. Like, that's insane. I think he has like six hits, one of them's a double and five are home runs. Guys like that are guys that they have underachieved and overachieved at the same time this playoff run like hoskins he's underachieving 120 back is absolutely atrocious but five home runs insane mm-hmm. if somebody like that can bump up closer to that 250 babbitt which seems like a huge bump and when it comes to babbitt it's it it doesn't take necessarily a ton to jump up to like the 250 range get a couple good games in a row you can really get moving that babbitt Guys like that, if they just even get halfway back to their their season averages, that's huge. Like they're putting up, I think it's like six runs a game in the postseason thus far, mm-hmm. while the hitters are kind of struggling. So, could you imagine if you guys just put a ten spot up in every game? <laughs> that, that that'd be incredible. I, I wonder if the, how much that Babbitt has to do with like the weather getting colder and like balls not carrying as much. Because I I don't. Like just anecdotally, I don't remember Hoskins like getting many like diving outs or like hard hit balls right out people. So I'm not sure if it's just, you know, fly balls aren't carrying. I definitely noticed that uh, sometimes over the weekend, especially on Sunday with the rain and everything. But I mean, still Soto, uh, Harper, Hoskins were all able to hit it out. But yeah, those Babbitts I I was not aware of. So it's interesting, interesting to see there. Yeah. uh, And I mean, it makes it really hard to to win when your Babbitt is that low. And speaking of win, are you thinking of joining WinBet? Bet $100 to get a $100 free bet. Looking to join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club? Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet, odds-wise, gets a $1,000 free bet. WinBet is truly DGENs only. Plus, use WinBet's build-your-own-bet to build some amazing same-game parlays. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, make sure you check out the Sports Gambling Podcast on YouTube. They're giving away a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor jersey or an autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. The contest is completely free to, en- free to enter. Just subscribe to youtube.com slash sportsgamblingpodcast. You can comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win. And make sure you turn those notifications on so you don't miss Sports Gambling Podcast contacting you when they pull the winner. And make sure to enter our World Series prop contest. you got about uh, 24 hours from recording this. Make sure you listen in Friday. Get into the SGPN app, sg.pn slash app. Or you can just search for it on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Uh, the winner gets $200 in cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. There's some sick hats, sick, sick hoodies on there. So definitely great contest there. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, and uh, we've been talking about uh, how kind of Bryce Harper's underrated a little bit here, and we are going to move into the actual fantasy baseball section of, of the show here and talk about some some underrated players on this ESPN way-too-early uh, top 300 rankings for next season. We talked about Harper uh, last show a little bit. He's way down there at 64. A guy like Mike Trout at 51. I mean, these guys could be first-round talents. They have been in the past, so... Um, yeah, we touched on those guys last week. We, we decided for this show, Blake and I were each going to come up with a, f- a few players outside the top 50, outside the top 100 that we think should be uh, a little bit higher ranked. So uh, who, who do you got to start off, Blake? All right. So first of all, I'm not going to edit this out, but my mic was muted. I was definitely leading right into this. And then I was like, 
man, he can't hear me. And I was like, oh, wait, my mic's muted. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first one I got on the list, uh, 71st overall, I, I have to cover him because he's a Mariner. George Kirby at 71 overall. He's the wait, number are you th- a Mariners fan or something? Uh, no, actually, I just, uh, uh, you know, I grew up in the area, so like I heard that they have a baseball team. Yeah. Uh, he's the number 32 projected pitcher uh, for this upcoming season. I think that is way too low. Uh, he had such an incredible season, even by Mariners fan standards. We had really high, kind of really high hopes for him, and he did everything to live up to those. The end of the year, eight and five with a three. Th- Three nine ERA, and he had 133 strikeouts and 130 innings, which is pretty solid, and only 22 walks, which is super low. Somebody like that, and especially in a points league, you get the points for the strikeouts. Walks is usually negative. You're not going to get a lot of walks out of him. Uh, he proved this year that he can go a lot longer uh, innings-wise than people thought. It, he surpassed his uh, minor league total like for all the years he was in the minors by quite a bit with the 130 innings. So he could be 160 to 180 inning pitcher next season on a team that's probably bound for the playoffs again next year. I'm knocking on wood so that I don't <laughs> jinx it. But yeah, somebody like that is somebody being down in that 70 range, picking somebody like George Kirby with a seventh round pick is one of those ones that he's going to feel like probably a third or fourth round pick by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So you can get a lot, a lot, a lot of really good value out of somebody like that yeah and looking at kirby i think what, what i like about him is uh he had better numbers in the second half than in the first half he had a second half 302 era uh first half 378 uh about the same innings pitch first half 64 and a third second half 65 and two thirds and he had nine more strikeouts in the second half than the first half so it's not like he he slowed down at all or weakened in, in the second half even though he was a younger arm so i think he's a a pretty good look for someone to be a, be a high ceiling guy. Definitely there. Um, and just looking around him in the rankings, we talked about Lucas Giolito. He's 68th, George Kirby's 71st. I think those are both, both pitchers that could have high ceiling, but I think Kirby has shown that his floor should be a little bit higher maybe because he hasn't had a bad year yet. Um, for me, I'm going with kind of a, a more higher, higher floor pitcher as well. Uh, going up to 65th overall, I have Logan Webb of the Ooh. San Francisco Giants. You know, he's not going to get a, a ton of wins because the Giants, you know, you never know. Giants might go after Aaron Judge and, and be this uh, juggernaut. But he he had a, it was 15-9 with a 2-9-0 ERA. Last year, he was 11-3 with a 3-0-3 ERA. Not going to strike out a ton of guys, but you can pick up other pitchers that are going to get you strikeouts. Webb's going to keep your ratios really low. He was actually better on the road than at home, even though San Francisco is such a big ballpark. He's still relatively young, uh, going to be 26, 26, age 26 season next year. So I think I think Webb's one of these guys that's kind of overlooked because he doesn't have the strikeout numbers, but he's a real solid pitcher and someone, especially in like quality start leagues, you could go after him. Yeah, he's an innings eater too. Uh, it's kind of weird to call somebody with under 200 innings. Uh, an innings eater, but I mean, nowadays he threw 192 innings this year. That's that's really solid. There's not a whole lot of guys that topped him on that this year, which is also solid in points leagues. Uh, yeah, I mean, he 7.63 K9 isn't crazy, but only 2.29 walks per nine, which is nice, and he only gives up about a half a home run every every nine innings. So, yeah, that you can get a lot of value out of that pick too. That's that's somebody that's going to be consistent throughout the year, which consistency is key. Yeah, just looking around those two guys in the rankings, um, Nestor Cortez is above both of them, only barely above two, uh, by Logan Webb. What, what you, I mean, he's there. You got Christian Javier. You got uh, Chris Bassett. I, I think I think Cortez is a guy that, that is similar to Kirby, where he kind of has a high ceiling because he's done it now for a year and a half and, input, and pitched pretty well. But, you know, he could – be a guy that the league figures out. Like, do you have any strong feelings on those guys that are kind of around there? Him, Chris Bassett, Lance Lynn, Tony Gonsolin. Uh, Nestor Cortez, I think, is going to have a pretty damn good year. I mean, he's a former Mariner, and former Mariners always seem to uh, become elite when they leave. And he has become, you could almost put him in that elite category this year. At the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, you could definitely put him in that elite category. He was 
on absolute fire. He slowed down a little bit, but he ended the year strong. And I don't see why going into next year he couldn't put up the same numbers. Pretty, pretty solid strikeout guy. I'm trying to pull up his numbers right here. Mm-hmm. Pretty solid strikeout guy. Uh, he pitches a solid amount of innings as well. Here we go. Yeah, 9.27 K9. 2.16 walks per nine, which is even better than even better than Logan Webb. Wow, and he leaves 82.8% of guys on base this year, which getting a guy that can leave a lot of people on base is pretty impressive, and especially for a guy that's mostly a fly ball pitcher. Only 33% ground ball rate. Uh, being a fly ball pitcher in Yankee Stadium does scare me a little bit. But when you have the ability to strike people out like he does, it it kind of overcomes that the worry about the being a fly ball pitcher. Yeah, I mean that, that's a great point. I think I think Cortez is definitely another guy that that you should watch out for there as kind of a, a high ceiling guy. And uh, going over to the hitter side of things, um, going down to the seventy third ranked player is Adley Rutschman, uh, second ranked catcher behind Will Smith. Had a really great second half for the Orioles. He's uh, age 25 season, finally getting a chance after really tearing up the minors. I think, you know, in the past, I've been a guy that has gone no catcher. I felt like, okay, he's just going to bring my average down. I can carry another pitcher and, and, get, and get some stats there. But someone like Rutschman might be a guy that I'm willing to reach for to, to get those stats because second half, he had eight home runs, 26 RBIs, and even three stolen bases in uh, 64 starts. Batted 275, 861 OPS. Uh, those numbers equate to about 20 home runs, 65 RBIs over a full season. I think the Orioles are really an upcoming team with him, uh, Gunnar Henderson, who I nearly put on my list for this show, but I have him as kind of an honorable mention. Uh, Anthony Santander, Cedric Mullins, um, Ryan Mountcastle, big, big home run hitter. So I think Rutschman's going to be in the middle of this order, and he's, he's a guy where – He's at a spot where a catcher is really weak and getting those guys that are so much better than the rest of the position, you know, just the standard deviation there of getting the higher valued guys can be important. So I think if you're looking for a top catcher, I mean, JT Romuto is still going to be there, still going to be there with the Phillies, but I think Rutschman has a really high ceiling. I was going to put, I was looking at Gunnar Anderson too, but Rutschman, I don't know how I let him slip my vision when I was scrolling through the list. That's an excellent pick. He's, He's a guy that could hit 300 next year at the catcher position. And outside of like Stevenson from Cincinnati, there's not many catchers that have the ability to hit for that high of an average. Plus, he's got some serious pop. They played 100, 113 games and he had 35 doubles and 13 home runs. That's that's the kind of counting stats that you look for in like a, like a solid first baseman. Mm-hmm. And you're getting that from the catcher spot. And he's got... Excellent eye. He doesn't strike out a whole lot. Only 18.3% of the time, and he walks 14% of the time. He's he's a seasoned vet at the plate, and he just finished his rookie year. So, yeah, being way down the list like that, that's really surprising, actually. I thought he was going to be higher because he's, he's the kind of guy that could end the year as the number one catcher. And so for him to be that far down the list, I'm actually – very surprised that he's that far down the list. I'm going to be taking notes on that one and adding him because, yeah, that's a league winner. Yeah, it definitely Getting, could be. Like, l- yeah. like I said, I've been one of those guys where I just wait till the end to get a catcher and, and hope I can get one of these like Cal Riley, b- big dumper guys, or Kiebert Ruiz, or uh, hope MJ Melendez falls to me. We talked about him before. I think Dalton Varsher could be a guy that if he has catcher eligibility, could be could be worth rostering. But like after you get past the top five or seven it gets into the point where you're like kind of free rolling there just kind of a crapshoot and probably streaming catchers so i think getting i I don't know i don't know why my my mentality on catchers is changing but i think getting getting a top one may be important and and rutschman is definitely one of the top candidates there yeah it's kind of like uh i know you're not a a huge football guy but it's kind of like tight end in fantasy football Mm -hmm. like there's only maybe three real good ones and then outside of that it's just kind of you hope to get something and catcher is one of those positions if you can snag one of those top one two three guys you can just be set there for the whole year and you don't have to worry about like shit is he just like in points leagues like shit is he just gonna go over two with a strikeout every day and every game he starts is just negative one point 
point, negative one point, negative one point. You don't have to worry about that. So that's that's a huge one. Uh, and my guy that I decided to roll the dice on for this, um, Michael Harris the second at number seventy nine on the list. They have him as the fifteenth overall outfielder projected for next year. I mean, he's it's going to come down to him and Spencer Strider for who wins Rookie of the Year. He was an elite all-around player, uh, 114 games played. He had 27 doubles, three triples, 19 home runs, and he hit 297. And he also stole 20 bases. If he plays a full season, that's a 25. I mean, that could potentially be a 25 home run, 30 steal season, which would be insane. And I don't know how the Braves continually find these young outfielders, but I'm impressed. Yeah, Michael Harris is, is someone I had in my keeper league. I know how much everyone loves hearing about other people's uh, fantasy baseball leagues, but I, I swapped him straight up for Logan Gilbert in, in that league. Um, same, same, same draft round. So I'm not feeling too bad about it. They're they're both ranked uh, pretty fairly, but yeah, Michael Harris. I think he's a guy who I don't even know if he batted towards the top of the order at all because they have Acuna, they have Ozzy Albies. So he's a guy I think that was hitting mostly. Sixth, seventh. I'm trying to look that up right now, but see, I'm looking to. But yeah, he's he's a guy that could move up to top of the order, second, be one of the, be one of those guys. Look like he had, he had most of his at bats batting ninth this season. 231 at bats. He had 40 at bats, sixth, seventh, eighth, hit third for 20 at bats. So if he can, that this is that's a great call out, especially if he moves up the order, if he proves that he can he could hit pitching and, and go to the top of the order with. His skill set, I think that's that's a great look there at uh, what, what is he on ESPN? Seventy nine. So yeah, that that that's a great call out there. Yeah, he made he made excellent contact too. Average exit velo on the year, uh, eighty nine and a half miles an hour, ten percent barrel rate, which league average is about six point four. So he is well above average in barrel rate, forty five percent hard hit rate, which is incredible. Five fourteen slugging percentage. 335 XWOBA. Like he's he's the kind of guy that even if he gets a slight bump in in the order at all, like bat him sixth or somehow turn him into a number two hitter, his value is going to go through the roof with that boost in at-bats. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any uh, way too early Braves lineup predictions. I'm not sure who they're going to be losing in the offseason, but I think Michael Harris is definitely a guy that should be moving up the order. Maybe he can take... Uh, I think Dancy Swanson's probably going to be gone. Oh, right. So maybe yeah. he could take Swanson's spot in the order. Yeah, it's a possibility. Ooh, that'd be nice. All right, yeah. I'm these, more excited about that. Yeah, these guys can uh, give you an advantage in your league. And speaking of advantage, make sure you check out No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and win 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. You can bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right. All right. So we. Oh, uh, I'll just say you, you hinted at having a. Uh, we, we, yeah, we went over the uh, kind of the 50 to 100 range. Those, those guys, you can kind of get the late single digit rounds, hopefully maybe reach for a little bit. But uh, you hinted at having some some deep guys on, on your list here. So who, who's the lowest ranked guy you kind of have called out here to, to have some value? Lowest ranked guy. A lot of this is going to depend on if he's able to come back from the injury by. Man, it, it, with as low as he is, probably by the all-star break. Uh, it's number 169 on the list, Tariq Skubal. If he can come back from that injury that he had, he could be a really damn good value play next year. Because 169, taking a, a flyer on a guy in the 17th round is something that you can normally afford to do, especially somebody bouncing back from an injury. And, I mean, on the year, 
he, before he got hurt, I should say, uh, he pitched in 25, or not 25, he pitched in 21 games, 7-8 with a 3-5-2 ERA. That had a 3-4-0 XFIP, so he got slightly unlucky, but I mean, just shy of 9Ks per 9, only 2-4-5 walks per 9. He had pretty damn good stuff this year. It kind of sucks that he plays for the Tigers. He was somebody that I had, going back to the Mariners, he was somebody that at the trade deadline I really wanted the Mariners to make a play for because I thought he would have been excellent in our rotation. But we got Luis Castillo, so I'm still happy. Yeah, he took a big, big, big step forward this year. And for a while there, especially in the beginning of the year, he was a really damn good just pitcher in general, just even outside of fantasy. So if he can bounce back, I think it was his shoulder or his elbow. Which one was it? Uh, flexor tendon yeah. in his left elbow. It's a tough injury. Matthew Boyd of, again, the Mariners had the same uh, injury that he was dealing with. And he didn't pitch this year, but he made it back for the playoffs. So it is something that you can kind of bounce back from. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's a very deep sleeper kind of guy that you're – as long as you draft good early on with your pitching, you can stash him in the your injured list spot and ride it out until he comes back and then just hope for the best. Yeah, I think that that's not a bad look there at all. I mean, on, on Yahoo, his average rank, if you just go average, is 106. Even overall, somehow, with, with how well he pitched when he was healthy, was his rank was 179. So – yeah, he's a guy where in those late teen rounds, especially if you have an IL spot on, on your in your fantasy league, like you 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 draft him, put him on that slot, just pick someone up right after the draft, and that's just a lottery ticket you have if you can keep your team in contention. He comes back in the second half to be one of those you know internal trade deadline additions. I think that's that's a good look. I, I know Noah is uh, is hoping he comes back as well as a big Tigers fan. Uh, Scooble, I think I had him either in my my redraft league or my keeper league this year, and he, he was good when he was healthy. So I, I think that that's definitely good. It's just the worry is, you know, if the Tigers aren't good and he has any sort of any sort of you know setback in in his rehab, they could just shut him down and call it quits. But I think he's a guy that, as long as he's able to pitch at some point, he's he's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, I mean, through May he made nine starts. Uh, he was three and two with 55 Ks in 51 innings and had a 2.44 ERA. So, if he is able to bounce back and can, I highly doubt he'll be at that good of a level immediately when he comes back. But if he can be even close to his final form, it, it it's worth a flyer. It, but you have you would have to draft pitcher early so that you could still have a solid pitching staff on your team and then just let him be like kind of an extra guy Mm -hmm. that just could be a pleasant surprise later on. But yeah, if you're able to do that and that's your strategy, go and pitch your heavy kind of in the beginning. I think he's definitely a a guy where you can find some serious value. What about you? What's your, what's your lowest rank guy? Uh, my, my, I was about to just get to it. My lowest rank guy is uh, 148. I wasn't planning on this. I, I don't think maybe subconsciously, but to go with uh, Logan Webb's high floor, I have a guy here who who has a high ceiling, a big strikeout guy, Hunter Green of the Cincinnati Reds. He was better better last season than I thought. ERA of 4.44. I definitely thought it was going to be higher than that, but with some of the blowups that he had, but he had 164 strikeouts and 125 innings. Only five and thirteen, so he's not going to get those wins on, on a bad Reds team. But he was he was solid in the uh, in the second half. He was possibly even better in the second half than he was in the first half. It was month by month looking at his ERAs. It was just yeah, start of the season was was kind of kind of bad. But then looking at looking at his September, he pitched twenty three innings, two earned runs, thirty seven strikeouts. All right, let me go to his game log to make sure he's not pitching against <laughs> just complete crap teams. Um, he had 11 strikeouts against the Cardinals, eight against Milwaukee, 10 against Pittsburgh, and eight against the Cubs. So, I mean, St. Louis and Milwaukee were both in playoff contention there, fighting for their lives. So, yeah, Hunter Green's a guy that September should really be exciting for anybody that is a Reds fan or is thinking about drafting Hunter Green or has him in a keeper league because he was a guy that he can just rack up the strikeouts. Those are big points. He can get the case per nine. 
He can hopefully keep his keep his ERA low enough. I mean, 4.44 is probably around league average, especially when you're looking that late in the draft. If you're looking for yeah. a guy with major high strikeout upside, I think Green's a guy to look for. What, what do you think about him? Yeah, he's he's the kind of guy that if he can if you can get 180 innings out of him, which I don't know if anybody that throws that damn hard and violent can go 180 innings, but I mean he's got the frame for it. If anybody's going to be able to do it, he's the kind of guy that could lead the league in strikeouts. And again, points leagues are my thing. Go back to points leagues. Strikeouts are points, so everyone matters. He he could strike out 250 guys in 180 innings. Like you mentioned, that last four starts that he made on the year, I think one of my favorite things about that is he gave up a total of 12 hits in four games. Mm -hmm. 12 hits, two runs. That's it. And he got the walks way down, too, because he's kind of a walk guy. Little, little hit or miss, but, I mean, those last four games, he walked seven guys in four games, so a little less than two per game. That If he... He showed the kind of growth at the end of the year that you really look for from a young guy like that. And, yeah, that far down the list, that kind of value, to be able to get a league leader in anything that far down in the later rounds is impressive. Yeah, he he's beating good teams. He was beating bad teams. It, the Being on the Reds is going to hinder him a little bit, but they have some damn good pitching with him and Lodolo out there. So mm-hmm. I think if they can get – they can convince – anybody to go play baseball there that can swing a bat and like <laughs> coherently he could turn a couple of those losses into wins and then from there it's just all upside yeah and another current sign i mean he he missed a month and a half with uh i think a, an arm injury some sort of arm injury but he came back for those starts in september but looking at his uh first 16 starts 79 innings he gave up 22 home runs and then uh in his final What's that going to be? In his final eight starts, 46 innings, he only gave up two home runs. That was something he he came back from his injury, only gave up one in those four starts, only gave up one home run in the four starts prior to, prior to being injured, including uh, two at home. So he, I don't know if he figured something out, if he added a second pitch, but he's going to be a guy that, you know, he might, he'll be one of those guys where you, you look at Hunter Green and there's other guys that you've maybe heard of where you know what kind of stuff they have, like T- Tyler Miley's there, Jose Barrios. All other pitchers are in this range. We got Edward Cabrera. He's another good, good young guy with with high strikeout stuff. But like Andrew Heaney, he, he's he's who knows. He's on the <laughs> low scoobal. Tyler Glass now. So yeah, I, I think Hunter Green's a guy where his strikeout numbers showed it. He showed he can go against big teams, and hopefully he's a guy that can, like you said, turn those losses into wins. Yeah, and he. I mean, his end of the year stats are a little misleading too, because like the beginning of the year. Uh, he faced like a murderer's row of teams to start out like his first trip to the big leagues. His first six teams he went against was uh, the Braves at Atlanta, Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Then he played the Cardinals. Then he played at Colorado, (laughs) at Milwaukee, and then at home against Milwaukee. Like that's one hell of a welcome to the big leagues for your first six starts (laughs) to come out. I mean, he had a, what was the ERA? 7.62 ERA after that. But only a four five nine or a four five four x fit, so a little unlucky, but also a little bit of just who the hell would let a young guy start their career <laughs> facing those teams in those situations right out the gate? That's it's Philly's legend, D- David Bell, right? He's he's the manager. Or I or think he was? so. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if he got fired or not. I mean, I can't imagine he did because the team's crap. But yeah, he, yeah, he's still <laughs> their manager. Yeah, that's that's very unlucky. So it, things like that can some of these end-of-the-year stats look a little misleading. I don't think he's as bad as those stats at the beginning of the year showed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's quite as elite as those last five games of the year were. I think he's somewhere right in the middle of that. And I think somewhere right in the middle of that is still a pretty – he's got a pretty fairly high floor still at that point and a very high ceiling. Yeah. All right. Moving on to uh, a few hitters here. Um, this is a guy, but I don't know if his his injury is going to be lingering if it just kept him out for uh, last season. But looking down here, all the way down at uh, 133, so that'd be the 11th round, 12th round. Chris Bryant. He uh, was a big offseason signing for the Rockies, 
ended up playing uh, 42 games. I don't think he hit a home run at Coors Field. I think that was the big thing people were talking about, but he wasn't healthy. Still bad at 306, OPS of 850. Looking back at my last year's draft, he was drafted in the fourth round in, in my in my big league. Um, in my keeper league, he was a keeper for me, unfortunately. But he's a guy where, like we talk about Trout Harper, that there were first-round talents. I mean, in Coors Field, a, a talent like this, you expect him to put up some big numbers. So I think if you can take a flyer on him at round 10, round 11, round 12, if he falls even further, especially with... I think he's eligible third base and outfield, at least on Yahoo. I don't know about ESPN, but I think Chris Bryant is a great bounce back candidate at Coors Field. I agree. Coors is a big advantage, especially in terms of fantasy baseball. And Chris Bryant's a guy that I wasn't lucky enough to draft last year, but he got dropped fairly early on when the injuries started. And I picked him up and I held him forever. And when he did play, he wasn't that bad. Like he didn't have a home run at Coors, but I mean, he hit with 306 mm-hmm. with 12 doubles and five home runs in 42 games. That's not terrible. Like that's a pretty solid season, especially since he didn't hit a home run at Coors. I think I saw uh, something at one point that said he had more tweets during the season <laughs> than home runs hit, which I thought was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, like he's the kind of guy. I hope that he took the rest of this year during the injury time to really rehab and prepare for next season because they were never really in the postseason hunt anyway. So there's no worry about that. So I hope he kind of took it easy, got his mind and his body right for next season because he is a first round talent. He does have the dual eligibility on ESPN as well. And starting game one with that Coors advantage next year, he he could hit 35 home runs for the Rockies. So to be that far down the list with that kind of upside, I think it's worth a flyer, even if he falls short and somehow still doesn't hit a home run at course and ends up with like 20. <laughs> like it would still be, it's still a good value pick that late down in the rounds, like, like 12th round, 13th round, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. It, well worth it. That's a very sneaky good play. Good eye on that one. Yeah, you'd feel better about drafting him than drafting like someone like uh, looking at him. Rowdy Telez, Starling Marte, uh, Glaber Torres, maybe Alec Bohm. I think Chris Bryant has a track record. It's just a matter of staying healthy. I, I don't think his injury should linger, so that, that's not bad. And the Rockies might be bad, but they still have Blackman. They still have uh, Randall Gritchick. They still have Ryan McMahon, uh, Brendan Rodgers. So they have a, they'll have a solid one through four, one through five with Bryant in there. So he'll have some RBI and run scoring opportunities. I agree. They got CJ Crone too, so I don't think yeah, he's going yeah. anywhere. I, think I don't know how I didn't so. mention him. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so some run, like he can put up some counting stats as long as he can actually stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy that I picked is somebody also kind of dealt with an injury this year. It's kind of it was more of a lingering injury. Uh, down at 126, Max Muncie. At the end of the year prior, he had the elbow issue, which kind of lingered into this season, got him off to that really, really, really slow start. He did end the year with 21 home runs, 69 RBIs, his usual 16% walk rate. But the BABIP was low at 227. The average was low at 196. I think those are the kinds of things that – People are in your drafts are going to just look at the counting stats of it and think, yeah, I don't know if I want a guy like that on my team. And he might fall a little farther, but he had a 13.4% barrel rate this year, still a 44% hard hit rate. Uh, his expecting batting, expected batting average was only 208. But again, a lot of that came from that elbow injury. I think that hindered a lot of his hitting ability. Messed with his swing a little bit this year, couldn't quite get comfortable. I think uh, taking the off season after, especially after the early playoff exit, yikes. Uh, I think it gives him a lot more time to get that body right, and next year we might see uh, the normal Max Muncy that we're used to. Yeah, Muncy was the guy that I, I was looking at. I, I did not choose him for my list here, but he's a guy where looking deeper into it, I'm I'm kind of 
right there with you. I mean, in the second half, he hit uh, 230 opposed to 164 in the first half. Babbitt in the second half was 270 as opposed to 188. So there was possibly some more luck there. But he had 12 home runs, 39 RBIs in the 62 starts, 63 games. That's on pace for like uh, 25 home runs, 100 RBIs. In that Dodgers lineup, he's going to have people on base in front of him trying to uh, drive some runs in. Looking at his stats from August onward, he hit 247, OPS 858, 12 home runs in 53 games. So multiply that by three, get you get up less than 162, 36 home runs, over 100 RBIs. Max Muncy is, yeah, he was overlooked, I think. He's going to have that low batting average. I don't. And I think this is something we talked about. He might be uh, benefited by the banning of the shift. I think he's a a pull hitter. I'm not sure if you have his fan graphs or baseball savant page pulled up, or if I can stall long enough for you to pull that up. But I think you can yeah, stall long enough. Yeah. I'm on his fan graphs right. page yeah, right I, now. I think Muncie, especially having multiple positions, first base, second base, third base, or at least two of those, depending on what platform you play on, definitely adds to that value, especially if you have middle infield, quarter infield. And that Dodgers lineup, they're going to – they didn't win it this year. I can imagine they're going to just load up again because that's what they do. And they're going to have a dominant regular season, and then they'll fall flat in the playoffs. And Muncie will be a part of that. I'm really trying to pull it up. I'm struggling here. Uh, yeah, I mean he, – He definitely – he was a, a very pull-heavy hitter. Very pull-heavy hitter. I can tell you that. I'm still pulling it up right now. <laughs> but I got it right here. This is what you folks come here for. This is that quality, yeah. oh, quality, I, I quality mean, content. I just have his hit spray chart. Like they're all, all to right field. I, I don't know if there's a. I know there's somewhere you can look up like shift percentages where he's percentages where he's shifted against or batted ball profile. Here, I, I, I got it. Uh, pull, pull percentage in his career, four to three percent. Uh, this year was forty eight percent, which is over the MLB average of thirty six point eight percent. So, yeah, the the shift is definitely going to help him. I think. Yeah, and having a year to come kind of get right from that injury, get back to his normal self, get that shift out of there. Yeah, he – he. I looked away from my phone right as I went to say a stat. <laughs> He's a guy Our I think that, that, never that, I, that I could – you could pair with someone like uh, I said Adley Rutschman. He's kind of a, a great catcher, a, a solid floor there. And Muncie is a guy who's going to have – about average, but he'll have the he'll have the power. Rutschman will give you the the average, the OPS. Muncie will kind of hit that a little bit with batting probably 200, maybe 225 if, if you're lucky, maybe more with, with the batting of the shifts. But he'll, he'll have that power. He has uh, three 35 home run seasons in his career and was on pace for that in the shortened season. So he'll give you plenty of pop. Yeah, he, he puts up good counting stats. He's uh, like a 20 to 25 doubles guy. 30 home runs, probably just shy of 100 RBIs. In that current Dodgers lineup, he might even go over that 100 RBI mark. He's going to score quite a bit of runs, too, because he walks quite a bit. That's kind of his claim to fame. That 16% walk rate, mm-hmm. 15% for his career. Got a damn good eye. Yeah, he's he's going to give you good value down that low on the list because going to get on base. On base is huge, especially like category leagues that deal with on-base percentage and all that, uh, career 355 on-base percentage. So he's he's going to be he's gonna be a guy that puts up the kind of numbers that you're looking for that late on. Yeah, and I completely missed this. He had uh, 69 runs and 69 RBIs this season. So th- that's pretty nice. 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 <laughs> oh, let me see here. Um, I'm trying to look down if there's anyone like below 200 on these rankings that I, th- that I think is low. I guess Nick Lodolo is 210. Jesus Lazardo 202. They're both kind of high upside strikeout guys. Charlie Blackman, 208. He's consistent, but outfield is kind of, kind of deep a little bit. Martin uh, Perez at 229. I know he's going to be a free agent, but he had a pretty damn good year for texas so depending yeah. on where he goes that could be yeah that, that could be that a could, big steal that, that could be a good look there um oh and our boy large right our there boy, our boy, Lars <laughs> absolutely uh yeah these guys these guys down here we'll, we'll talk about these guys definitely throughout the offseason i mean if, if you guys like what you're hearing here talking about just random players and you and you have suggestions i mean let us know on twitter in the discord reach out to the show account reach out to me or blake like it's 
just yeah this is we like talking about this we like just pulling up random players and be like okay this is this is what we think this is this is what this is what we think could could happen with with the new rules and whatnot so yes this is a good time here just kind of spitballing about about random players yeah i'm enjoying the hell out of this and i'm excited for us to kind of continue this on until this season gets here so we can dive a lot deeper into different players and positions and some more guests coming up kind of keep that a secret for now but yeah like we got a lot of exciting things planned and it's just so fun to sit here every week and just really talk about some in-depth baseball stuff yeah i I didn't cut you off short there with your list right i I think i I got all mine out i mean i've got i had gunner henderson written down kind of as an honorable mention you you mentioned you looked at him too but i think he's just another young orioles guy that, that could at a weak shortstop position kind of uh, have a good season, but beyond that, I, I was done. I'm not sure if you had anyone else to talk about. Oh, that was that was all mine that I had written down. But I mean, just random scrolling through it. Tyler Stevenson, if he comes back, he's at 270. That's a catcher <laughs> that's going to hit you 300. You, you, you are, you are, you, you are really <laughs> scrolling down there, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and then a little below that, Buxton. <laughs> if Buxton comes back, Buxton's at 276. Is he out for most of the next year? Probably. That's probably why he's that low. This that's off the top of my head without yeah that's scrolling through like they have shane baz at 285 baz is already ruled out for next year he's not playing keep uh, league I, though i searched byron buxton the first news piece is from the pioneer press twins hope parentheses and need to have byron buxton back in center field to start next season oh so, to start um yeah so that's gonna be something definitely to watch we'll definitely know more once fantasy baseball season rolls around in february and march yeah. Uh, and other than that, I think that's all that's all we've got for this time. Mm-hmm. It's been fun as always, Ryan. Uh, yeah. You can everybody can catch me on Discord at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. That's on Twitter. You said that's on, on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And you can catch me on Discord too, Blake Meyer on, on Discord. <laughs> I'm yeah. dealing with a little cold right now and it's kind of it's messing with my head a little bit. And so I'm struggling. But I'm oh, here, yeah, I swear. Yeah. yeah, the Discord is uh, sg.pn slash Discord. Uh, also, make sure you uh, subscribe to the SGPN Fantasy Baseball Podcast uh, feed. If you listen to this on the just the regular Sports Gambling Podcast or Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, you know, we, we like to see those downloads go up on the Fantasy Baseball feed. And uh, let us know what you think about us. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple, just like uh, Pierce J did uh, a few weeks ago. Five stars, solid stuff. These guys are new, but they have already earned their way into my regular rotation. Can't wait to hear more from them as I prep for next season. I appreciate that. That's awesome. I didn't even see that we had a new review. That's that's a nice review. Thanks, man. Thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah, that, that's great. I mean, that's what we're here to do. We're hoping to uh, give you guys some good information, some good baseball talk, and hopefully we can keep you going all off season throughout all their free agent stuff and trades and leading into next spring training and fantasy baseball season. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm so excited to to see where this fantasy baseball podcast adventure continues to take yeah. us, especially after this 10th episode. Milestone. Oh, yeah. Milestone here. Episode small, 10. Small but big. We wait, did was, wait did, were you not chugging 10 beers during this like I was? I am. That's why I seem so oh, spacey. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. <laughs> My pause gets a little longer after <laughs> uh, after every beer that I chug. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, we will see everybody next week. Peace.